Dungeon Leap, The Leap of Horrors. To remember who you are, you must become someone new. But if you fail to play the part, the end will come for you. Now, leap! And welcome back to Dungeon Leap Story 2, Leap into the Green Great Green Devil's Mouth. Um, we are neck deep in, uh, well, kind of throat deep because you've got inside and in, uh, the weirdness inside the Great Green Devil Mouth. And um, things are going in mysterious directions right now for our three uh, mysterious and intrepid, brave, foolish. Would we say I any of those? <laughs> so, yeah, something like that. Um, so it's a hearty welcome back to uh, Brad Zimmerman. Hey, Brad. Hey, I can't believe you, like one of the very first things out of your mouth was with the words throat and deep. And this is way too quickly. Way, like, <laughs> very quickly, ease into followed it. by green, which is... Uh... Ease into it. Um, oh, dear. Yeah, Brad's here. Um, yes, Tom Adams. Hello, Tom. Hello. I can believe those are the first few words out of your mouth. Good. That's um, that's the confidence that I really look for when I'm running a game. And um, Stephen Youngblood as uh, Leap, the outsider who has arrived in the middle of the situation. Hello, Stephen. Hello, everybody and everyone else. <laughs> Hello to you, Stephen. So we're going to begin, I think, um, by picking up with Leap. Leap has arrived in uh, Dumb Jim, who has ventured into this tomb of horrors to figure out what the heck's going on. And you've just been on a little little side corridor and recovered a little mysterious um, metal pipe from a chest and maybe feeling quite good about that. Um, on your way back, you're opening the great metal door. On the other side of this metal door, last time you looked were your friends or dumb jim's friends Dudabro and brosif who had um followed to assist and um you're expecting to see them again when you open this metal door um is there anything in particular going through your head right now leap uh i mean still kind of a bewilderment kind of disappointing you know i went i went into this i locked my friends away to keep them safe and also to stop them from killing me in this cave uh and then to, to no effect and went into a dead end so turn around unlocked the you know i'm about to come back and sort of feel a bit sheepish about the um thanks guys sorry i think so <laughs> just I, yeah i'm about to sort of eat a little i'm preparing to eat a little humble pie but also um still not really sure i care about what they think <laughs> because <laughs> <laughs> everything is new and weird and i don't and the stakes feel still quite low um because yeah. i think i think leap is very much in that place of what is going on is this real does it matter well as as this adventure has progressed leap you've you've been building some kind of instinctive understanding of dumb jim and what dumb jim is capable of so um, Leap may or may not be conscious of this, but Stephen, the player, is that Dum Jim actually has some special abilities. He's actually a sorcerer, um, so there's some weird fairy magic that is circling around Jim, and that might manifest as you play. Um, you can you can interpret Leap's 
experience of this however you like but you've got that character sheet so you know um what to roll when i ask you to make a roll which i'm going to ask you to do right now i want you to make a perception roll for me please absolutely it's wisdom oh sh- that's first roll of the day that's a one a one fantastic one. Oh, cool. good Okay, well, that's, I love it. So you swing open the door and see on the other side, uh, there is Natalie, Natalie, the ranger, the uh, older sister of Brosif and um, the discoverer of this tomb and the person that said you and your friends should not come anywhere near it. And uh, she looks a bit surprised to see you. What do you do? What do you say? Natalie, you seem surprised to see me. Um, Jim, I didn't know you would be here. Um, no, I didn't know you would be here. Well, I don't, suppose I don't should have known. We're here. <laughs> um, well, the other two—they've—they've um, they've already left. They've—I um, sent them back to town. Probably for the best. Yeah, I'll walk you out if you want. Great. Uh, can I roll an insight check uh, just yep. to sort of get a sense of where she's at? You sure can. Um, that's 13 plus 3, 16. 16, all right, yeah, something's not adding up here at all. Um, yeah, so, you're, I, I, like, yeah. Dudabro and Brosif, they followed you in here, they braved these, these traps, even, even if Natalie had used her most intimidating force, there's no way that she would have cleared out those two in that time. Hmm. Um, so I, I've sort of walk walk a little bit beside her, maybe just a little bit ahead. But I've, and as I passed her, I, I pocketed the the um, metal tube mm-hmm. thing so that it's sort of tried to be quite discreet with it. Um, I hope she didn't see. And I'll just make some casual conversation with Natalie. Yeah, those two, you know, always. Always getting up to trouble. But what we really need to do is just make sure that no one disturbs this tomb until my adventuring friends all alive arrive. And then once they're here, we'll in like we're really good at adventuring and doing adventures and investigating tombs. That's the kind of thing that you want to leave to Natalie and her friends. Not you and your friends. You understand that, right, don't you, Dumb Jim? Oh, totally, absolutely, I totally do. And um, and while while she's talking, I just start waving my fingers behind my back in a sort of a weird patterns that seem right, but not entirely. You know, I feel like they're right, but I'm really just putting some emphasis and trying to keep her distracted and also figure I'm doing something. Um, uh, and uh, and then I sort of I I walk ahead of her and have my back to her. And I say, the best thing I think we need to do is go back to the village and get get some people together. This this tomb ain't right. We need to come in. I'm going to go and rally some troops. If you want to stay here, that's fine. I'm going to bring back an army. An army? Yep. Oh, no, I don't know that that's the right idea. We just want to wait for my adventuring friends to come. That's what we need to wait for. Um, so as you're looking back, you can see behind her, there's the, this misty, mysterious gate illuminated um, with its, its weird mists and shadows flickering. Uh, and she kind of shrugs and puts her hands out and says, you know, now that I think of it, Brosif, 
Joseph and uh, Dudabro did say that they were going to run off to one of the, the neighboring villages to try and deliver some messages to some of my adventuring friends. So th they probably won't be back at the village either. I think you're going to have your hands full just, just helping out around the place while we wait for my adventuring friends to arrive. That oh, won't that's... be a problem, will it, um, Jim? Oh, that's great, Natalie. No, it's really good to know. So the more armies, the better. Because if there's one thing I know about Dudabro and, um, and Broseph is that you're really good at rallying people. Um, yeah, no, good. I think more people just don't get a good vibe from this place. Um, uh, and to be honest, it, you know, you seem kind of skittish too. So I think there's something going on that's affecting you. So let's let's get out of here, bring the army back. I'm standing. I'm standing right there now. Okay. She, yeah, she stops and looks at you. You stopped and look at her. You know, dumb Jim. You're not people call me anywhere near as as dumb as I thought you would be. Yeah, it's a funny thing about her name. People call yeah. me dumb. Call me dumb Jim. Yeah. Well, that bro, was the, the reputation Joseph. that you had. I'm really, Jim. inside, I'm sad, Jim. Oh, what a bro. Where did you come from? <laughs> um, but the thing is, Natalie, people aren't always what they seem. And um, uh, um Jim uh, grabs, uh, walks up to her and, and, and strike, goes to sort of strike her with... Uh, oh, it says I've got a shovel, but I presume yeah. it's pretty obvious that I would be holding that. Yeah, I just I just try to knock her in, the, knock her in the face with a shovel. Nice, cool. All right, give us an a, a, an attack roll with your shovel. That's an attack roll with my shovel. That like that is... stupid, Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> stupid, Natalie. Uh, that is uh, fifteen versus AC. A fifteen, yeah, that will that will pop Natalie right in the face. Right. Um, uh, yeah, roll your uh, roll roll your shovel damage. So she reels backwards. Four. Roll for shovel. Oh, that's a classic. Uh, one plus two, so three damage. Excellent. All right. Um, uh, yeah, Natalie kind of puts hands up to her face and and reels back, so she's really close now to um where this this uh misty gate was and again it's it's weird remember how the distance that you walked seemed really compressed on the other side of that metal door once again the misty gate even though you've been walking away from it for a while it seems really close behind her like it's compressed like your steps aren't taking as long as you thought they were and she's right up against the mists and pulls her hands away from her face and shakes it and says yep I understand what you mean about people not being exactly what they seem. Alrighty. And there is this kind of sudden pop. And Natalie is no longer Natalie. Natalie is now a great big bear. A bear wearing a top hat and a green waistcoat. And <laughs> stretches a little bit. Says, boom, boom, boom. I'm not Natalie. And you're in big trouble. Then tries to grab you with both of its both of its many claws. Um, I'll give it a uh, an attack roll, and my attack roll is a two. So the big claws go wild on either side of you. What do you do next? Uh, I um, 
I go to push uh, the bear, Natalie Bear, away. Um, uh, but in doing so, um, use a, you know, a big force of wind comes out from my hands, and so the air around me just goes and, and, and sort of adds to the force. Um, uh, so um, and pushes her uh, five feet away from me. Excellent. All right. So you got to push her. There is this gust of wind, and um, the bear um the the bear's hat flies off its head and disappears through the mist and then the bear with a surprised expression on its muzzle also flies backwards into the mist and is gone from view right um leap just sort of stands there and think looks looks at his hands <laughs> looks at the air around him um looks back at the ground shrugs turns around to walk off and then stops and says to no one, really gonna regret this, aren't I? And um, jumps into the into the portal with the shovel um, sort of above his head. Brilliant. All right, on the other side, oh, now let's, um, let's step back in time a little ways to Dudabro and Brosif, who uh, you faced up to that mist there were some weird kind of um, pale grey arms that reached out of that mist and tried to grab you before Natalie Bear's gust of wind blew you through. And now you've landed in the other side into a strange place. Dadabro Brosif, you land on your knees on soil and plants, beautiful plants, rich uh, grasses and um it's just so lush underfoot and you look around and you can see trees, tall trees, but wrapped up with brambles and all side of you, a circle of them surrounding you. You're trapped in this circular environment and up above it's, it's kind of dim and dusky, except that looking at you see that it's not really dusk. There's sunlight coming through, but it's connecting with this blanket, this canvas that has been tied up above you to create this dusky environment. You're kind of in this claustrophobic space. It's dim. As your eyes are adjusting, looking around with the light coming over the edges of the um, of the canvas on all sides, you can see things dangling up there. You can't quite make them out yet. And then just as you're gathering yourselves, you hear this noise, this beautiful noise. It's a bird song. It's a strange kind of haunting bird song that's getting right inside your ears and starting to, you can feel it. You can feel it in your chest. You can feel it all through you. All of this happens in moments as you land on the other side of this place. So before I have anything else happen, I'm just going to check in with both of you and see how you are reacting what your first thoughts are going to be maybe you can go first uh Barosif. uh yeah as i as i get sort of thrown from the portal and land on my knees i would probably just exclaim like oh my leg elbows um and then dust them off and stand up and yeah take in like whoa as you like, as you dust yourself inside? off as you dust yourself off you realize that all of the um, the pain that you were carrying, the injuries that you had accrued investigating this tomb, everything's gone. You're perfectly healed. You were never hurt at all in the first place. So what you're saying is I get my hit points back? You sure do. Boom. 
And yeah, I'd look around the the room and be like, oh, are, are we inside? What is this? Dadabro, let's check in with you. Dadabro, um, because he was going backwards, kind of scooches, lands, and then kind of like immediately lands on his feet and then his bum and then just slides back a bit further and he, he kind of sh- shakes himself off. He goes, uh, looks around and goes, you know what, Joseph, I feel like we've fallen into a blanket fort. You know, like the ones we used to make for Blanket Fort Friday? How could I forget? Now, <laughs> I have to ask a question. Did you know your sister could do that? No, I mean, I know she can be like an animal, but like, I don't mean she could actually be an animal. Well, you know what? Uh, that was a surprise to me. Uh, but you know what? I think we're going to have to um, maybe park it for a second. Uh, and kill her? Yeah, I think so. Uh, <laughs> oh, we know. That's actually a bear who can turn into your sister. All right. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we go any further. Do you uh, hear that? That a bro? You are not healed. You, that, that injury that you took, that is still in place, I'm afraid. So you are still um, limping and in some pain from the dagger to the chest that you received at the beginning of your investigations. But uh, who, threw the, um, yeah, who threw the dagger? Where did well, the dagger come from? It's lost in history. Who knows? Joseph, um, bringing up what you can hear, it does focus your attention, Dadabro, on this beautiful bird song. And as your attention is caught by it, I want you to make a, a wisdom saving throw. Both of you, wisdom saving throws, please. We should get uh, that bird on the show. You know what? Uh, I think you might be right, um, but uh, I just rolled a natural 20. So, ooh. I got a dirty 10. Fantastic. All right. Um, so, Joseph, you're feeling quite caught up in this this um, the song of this bird so much so that you're you're kind of mesmerized and charmed by it at the moment. You you are just kind of standing still and listening for the moment Take at least. Yeah, <laughs> um, bro, you. I, I mean, I guess it's your uh, extensive experience with uh, presenting and um, a- analyzing this kind of thing, but you are able to maintain a, a remove from it, maintain a distance from it. You are still in control of yourself. So you look up, you can see that there is a cage, a brass cage hanging down from the center of that canvas. And in it, there is a bird that is singing and attached to the base of the cage is this kind of circular horn that is catching and amplifying the bird's song and making it reverberate around this clearing in the forest. There are also, as your eyes adjust to the dimness, you can see four other cages that are also hanging down from the canvas at the four points, the four corners. One of those cages has a person in it. You can't quite make out who it is. And before you can focus and maybe look, and before you can take stock of the fact that your companion, Broseph, is maybe a little bit out of it right now, you see some other figures in the dimness moving closer to you. You are not alone in this clearing. They're not over by you yet. So what are you going to do? Uh, well, um, the first thing that uh, Dadabro does, um, because, uh, he, I mean, assuming that they're 
danger. He knows that there's danger here. Um, now, Dadabro uh, is a monk, but he's only a level one monk. So some uh, some particular aspects of his class have not been unlocked yet, but he reaches into his pocket and he pulls out a dangling set of keys and he puts them into his fist uh, so that they're going between his fists and his key points are ready. And uh, <laughs> there he goes. All right, you bastards, come on in. It's time for you to find out what it feels like to hear the hits of the 80s, 90s and this fist. <laughs> All right. Um, the... This this inspirational moment, Broseph, you can you can have another saving throw from the effects of this song, because you're so used to being the production companion for Dudabro. You just spring into action, or do you? Uh, well, that's a five. Oh, it's a five. All right. So for the time being, you're still a little bit dazed. I'm going to let you um, kind of take actions, but. They have to be a bit, of, a little bit dazed and a little bit out of it. I'll let you interpret that as you see fit, but you're yeah. not quite thinking straight right now. I want it to be known that my pants are around my ankles <laughs> and that the, this bird song is making me sort of like seductively gyrate. <laughs> so I, I guess I'll do ev- ev- everything I do, I'll do with disadvantage. Wicked. That sounds good to me. All right, coming into view are three figures there's one tall uh, like human-sized person-sized figure and then two kind of small companions they both all three of them have gray skin and they're wearing these kind of coverlets that dangle over them to protect them from um from the the light above so they're kind of concealed in the in the darkness and their eyes flash out and the tall ones looks carefully at you with your your keys in your hand and says you're not the people we're meant to be capturing at all what are you doing here and then the little two ones on either side go uh look it appears there might have been some kind of misunderstanding um i assure you uh we are not those people uh perhaps if we step to the side and let you step on forward and uh, I can probably guarantee someone's going to be coming in a little bit later. In the meantime, Joseph, uh, how you doing? And I'm just going to be slowly backing up. Dude, I'm doing yeah. amazing. No, no, I'm like, no, no. I'm it's feeling pronounced- the music and I'm seeing like little people. Are you seeing this? First of all, it's pronounced <laughs> Tada. Uh, but uh, no, I'm not. Uh, all I'm hearing is a faint lilting sound. Uh, did you have your coffee this morning? Uh, no. Normally that's after the show, but we came straight here. Well, you know what? Uh, you're absolutely right. My timetable is absolutely shot. All right. Well, uh, who are you? <laughs> turns to talks to the talks to the person who just spoke to him. Look, I don't care who you are. I'm Cedric. And I'm going to put you down and feed you to the Momraths. All right, whip him. And the two little ones go, and they jump forward. Both of them um, produce these long whips. And they start closing in on you, getting ready to whip you into submission. Uh, Look, you know what? Uh, I've paid for the service before, and it didn't quite go the way I thought it did that time either. So... uh... And he just—he's still backing up. Uh, he's going to kind of tap Broseph and get him tap him. He's going to tap uh, 
but he's going to back towards the misty door because he assumes he could probably go back that way. Nice. Excellent. As you are um, getting close to the misty door, you take some steps back towards it. And as you get back towards it, you can kind of feel it pushing against you. It's it's uh, not cooperating and letting you through. Not even letting you really approach. All right. Well, this is, as Brosif might say, some trippy shit. Uh, I'm going to step to the side. And he starts shuffling us to the side away from them. And he's going to start kind of like curling around the the room nice all right as the other two are um kind of whipping you brosif they're trying to keep you and um Dutterbro together brosif are you going to stay with Dutterbro or kind of drift in a different direction uh no I, i'm thinking that this is some kind of hallucination that i'm having so i'm gonna get my short sword off of my hip yep. and just start swinging just just wildly <laughs> just like move forward and just swing at whatever's in front of me. Because nice. like this is just a dream. This is just silly. All right. It sounds to me like we are just about to roll some initiative to get down into the details of this thing. But maybe before we do that, we add one more element to the situation as flying through the gate behind you is a great big bear which rolls on the ground and um, kind of lands spread eagled, spread beard in front of you. Um, it uh, kind of wiggles its paws and um, adjusts itself and then goes reaching around for its top hat, which came flying out and has now um, landed just, just by your feet, Dadabro. Uh Dadabro's going to pick it, pick up the hat and is going to go, uh, I don't suppose either of you are looking for a bear or a woman who can become a bear. Um, on that note, let's have some initiative rolls from everybody, including you, Stephen. Leap is going to be arriving any moment. I got a net one. Right. Ooh, 15. 15 for Leap. Oh, I did not roll terribly well for any of my guys. So we got a 15 for Leap. We got a um, net one for Dutterbro and Brosif. Seven. What was that? Sorry, seven. Yeah. All right, um, that still puts you ahead of both of my MVCs. So I think you're going first, Barossa, if you get to lead in. Um, Leap, you're going to be arriving top of the next round. So, um, Brosif, you're waving a sword and moving towards these these whipping characters. Is that, uh, is that where we're at? Yep, so I'll just be hitting, hitting with my sword, just mm-hmm. the closest thing to me. Nice. Uh, and I, of course, get an eight. Okay, um, so you're swinging your sword, it's kind of flashing around near where these whips are going and it just, like it's all very weird and you've got this music flying through the air and then there is this bang as the pain of a whip snaps against your arm. You feel um, you take two points of damage and with that two points of damage you get another saving throw against this um, effect that has made your, your thoughts go so unclear. Okie dokie. That is a dirty 20. Dirty 20. All right. Okay. So you come back to yourself. I want you to immediately give me a perception roll, please. Um, meanwhile, the other, um, the other little whippy guy is kind of hopping from foot to foot, getting closer to um, 
where you are Dada bro and that whip is flying um perilously close to you but not close enough to actually injure you or um kind of like there's a bit of a standoff happening the bear sort of sits up dusts itself off and then puts hands on its head and realizes that its hat's gone that's all it's doing right now it's trying to track out track down what has become of its uh its hat um Dutterbro, your action and then we'll check back in with broseph uh, as the whip comes past Dutterbro uh, grabs it and then steps forward and just punches um the little minion in the face nice. uh, and hits it for a, a dirty 20. brilliant all right and, you get him and i do uh seven damage Oh, hell yeah. Ooh, all right. Um, okay, you smack him in the face really hard. Um, he uh, kind of hops back. He's He's got this kind of um, long face, and he kind of pulls his face back under his under his cloak and, and covers it up and goes, and his eyes have got all watery because you bashed him so good, and he snaps the whip out of your out of your grasp and kind of waves it around. He's kind of hopping side to side from foot to foot and is backing away from you. He didn't, didn't enjoy that at all. But he doesn't back away from me because I'm going to punch him again, and uh, Dutterbur goes, you know, I know we promised the no repeat work day, but here we go again. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> he hits him for a natural twenty. Oh, I think um, I think this is going to be the end of this little guy. You tell me, tell me what goes down with him. Um, so uh, I think just what happens is that he punches him in the face and then just um, grabs the, the the whip a bit tighter and pulls him in. So it's that kind of double kind of force of, the, of, the, of him coming straight forwards and the fist just punches straight through his head and comes out the back and he goes. And uh, Dutterbro's hand pops out the back of his head and then just drops the mic and comes back through. <laughs> and he goes, you know what? Uh, that's never happened to me before. And uh, actually, you know what? I hope it doesn't happen again. It was truly disgusting. <laughs> There's brains in my fingernails. Ooh, yep. Um, well, well, very odd. As you, um, <laughs> As you pull your hand back from this little guy, there is suddenly this big flash of light that erupts from its body. Can I get a constitution saving throw from you, please? That's a 19. 19. All right. So um, it, it actually, it's like this beautiful special effect. It doesn't harm you or injure your ability to see or anything like that. Um, it just looks really, really awesome that you punch this person into a light show. Reads just some of his clothes, but it's kind of ripped in such a way that it just looks kind of a little bit cool. <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right, Broseph, um, as you come back to yourself and take in the situation more clearly, um, it seems a lot more like it's just like your dream, only it's real. Um, but the other thing that you notice is you pop your eyes back up into the these cages that are dangling and that silhouette of a figure up there that you barely paid any attention to before you know that silhouette you'd know it anywhere because that's your sister that's natalie up there natalie's in a cage oh hey finally a good place to put that, that girl. <laughs> hey how's it going up there fantastic all right so um before you can take your action we're going to have one more new development, which is the arrival of Leap. Leap, do you want to introduce yourself to the moment and take whatever action you want to take when you see what's going on? Absolutely. So um, I presume, uh, so Leap comes through the, the portal and then just sort of 
um, just gently floats down. Sort of, <laughs> he's still trying to work out all the stuff, but I think he's he um, uh, floats down into the to the uh, uh, to the ground, but then doesn't stick the landing, and then like, lands on his knees and falls on his on his on his side. <laughs> kind of knocks the wind out of him a little bit, but it's like. Feather four, but didn't stick the landing. Um, and then he, he sort of looks up and looks around and he, he sort of sees the, the bird in the cage and the silhouette of people in the cage and in, in the other cages. And he looks at Joseph and says, Dude, is that, is that your sister? You must be pretty angry up there. Yeah. And I look, yeah. And, I look up at the cage with Natalie and I look at the bear who's also in this room. I'm like, uh, yeah, that, that's my sister. Now, hold on. Can we be sure that that's not a bear that has turned into your sister? I did raise this before and I'm just, I just don't want us to throw out any particular options. But uh, in the meantime, uh, you know, credulity aside, uh, we are getting whipped here. Kill them both. Um, so, uh, I quickly scan the room, uh, and I see a dead, uh, I see, I guess that bro has his fist, his fist full of, um, pussy. Just dangling off it going, ah, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Trying to shake off some pus from his uh, hands. Um, Joseph is, uh, I guess getting his bearings. There's one more, uh, baddie or is, and is the bear in the room as well? So there's the bear in the room, there is one more little hoppy guy with a whip, and then there is the taller, shadowy figure who gave the commands. Who am I closest to? Um, you're kind of equidistant from all of them. It's a big space, everyone's kind of spread out a bit, so you can go in any direction. Alright, cool. Um, uh, I'm going to go after the, um, the, small, the small guy with the shovel. Cool. I'm with the. Sh- I'm going to use the shovel to go after the small guy. Right. Just give him a solid whack on the head. Uh, Do it for uh, sixteen. Sixteen. Well, that'll connect with him. Give us some shovel damage as you uh, you make yourself known on his little bonts. Four. All up. Four hit points. Brilliant. All right. So you smash him with the shovel. Um, uh, his uh, weird little roomy eyes have bounced around and noticed what became of his his little hopping companion. And he looks back at uh, Brosif. Brosif, you are in front of him. And the sword that you have, you're no longer just kind of waving it around half-heartedly. Now you're holding it with a bit more focus and purpose. What do you do? Uh, I'm going for the bear. All to right. me, that. It's this big hostile creature. Um, we had problems with it on the other side. That's why we came through here. And um, yeah, gonna awesome. try and take it out. You're right. So you make moves towards the the bear. The um, little whip guy goes, "Phew!" As you turn away from him to head in the bear's direction, um, the bear, for its part, is still kind of on its on its backside and um, is kind of brushing itself off, quite unselfconscious. Um, so yeah, you making an attack, I presume, or you got something else in uh, mind? You know, short sword attack, um, a fourteen. Brilliant. Um, that is enough to connect with our bear. Um, so give us a damage roll against him. Cuckoo. Uh, that is seven. Uh, yeah, seven piercing damage or 
slashing damage. Nice. Okay, seven damage against the bear. Um, okay. Sweet. Um, you get right up close and uh, stab down with your with your sword as the bear kind of half rolls out of the way. So you make some kind of contact and do a, a little bit of a little bit of injury, and then um, it kind of finishes its roll and lands on its feet and straightens up and says someone took my top hat i'm gonna take it out on you and then brings its mighty paws back and tries to smack you in the face with them um oh i roll a 19 on his attack it's going to be i have to get out two four-sided dice i need four it's going to be five points of damage to you Kidoki, ow be mad at her, Brad. She's just exercising her Second Amendment rights. <laughs> Bear arms? <laughs> <laughs> Why did you have to come in here? You should have just stayed away like I wanted, and none of this would have mattered. Ah, humans! I don't know what to say to that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah? Um, look, honestly... Yeah, uh, if you'd written the content beforehand, uh, we would have read it. But nope, you decided to just make us wing it. Um, the little little guy with the whip uh, kind of spins around and swings his whip in the direction of Dumb Jim and of Leap, and that's uh, going to get you, Jim. And it's going to be doing... Why did I put my dice down? Because I needed to pick it right back up again. That one's going to be doing three points of damage to you. Uh... Yeah, Dumb Jim's a bit squishy. Yeah, everyone is when you're a level one character. All right, um, the commander of these uh, dark figures, he uh, calls out, look, this is nonsensical. Why don't we all just stop this fighting? You can wander off and uh, go and explore the forests here. I'm sure you'll find all kinds of wonderful delights, the like of which you would never see in your mortal world, and you'll live happy, eternal lives if the Momraths don't eat you, but I'm sure you'll take that chance. Why don't you just leave? Just get out of here and leave us to do what we're here to do. It's none of your business. You don't even want to be here. I can tell on your faces. You mortals don't even want to be here, so this is your chance. Why don't you just leave? Hmm? Are you the one who turned uh, Broseph's sister into a bear? Or the bear into Broseph's sister? Yeah, it's I a really bit murky on that. But, uh... <laughs> uh, the bear, Ash, they're talking about you. The bear hops up and says, I'm, I'm a, uh, a very good disguise artist, and I disguised myself with illusion to look like your sister, but I was never your sister. I was always me. I'm just going to push you back on there. That's not disguise. That's illusion. Uh, if you called yourself a disguise artist, you'd be able to do it without illusion. Uh, so you're a big fat phony, and I'm sorry. No, but, no, uh, no, 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 no. Illusion is an element of disguise. I carried my my deception by altering the way i looked that's disguise i used illusion it's a disguise i'm a disguise guy i'm a disguise guy you're a chief. Broseph, all right <laughs> does that mean does that mean you can turn into a bear broseph can you turn into have you tried turning into something cool uh if you're hang on, into a bear, and i'm just gonna go like 
like grunt and strain on my muscles and try and transform into a bear. All right, make a transform into a bear roll. While he's doing that, I'm going to um, <laughs> get uh, closer to the um, to the tall uh, tall dude and and um, try and push some wind at him again. We're still in initiative order. Oh yeah, true. Okay. Oh, going to frisbee his hat. Lots of free, no. lots of free talking. Oh good, yeah, never mind. I can't do that. Um, Dadabro's got because I assume it's Dadabro's turn. Uh, Dadabro's got um, the top hat, and he's going to go. Well, all I can say to that is think fast, nerd, and uh, frisbees the hat at the um, at the the leader of of the gang. Uh, and yep. uh, yeah, so I'm going to roll for that. And I get okay. a uh, oh, I rolled a fifteen. I don't know what the roll is for hat throw, Dex. but <laughs> Dex. Yep. Yep. Uh, well, it's an eighteen then. Right. Okay. So you 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 um send the top hat flying like odd jobs razor sharp hat and gold finger, and it flies directly at uh at the leader's face. I guess. Um, I'm not sure right. what effect you envisage is happening tom maybe maybe you should talk me through what you're what you're hoping to happen here mostly a distraction uh because yep. then data is going to grab the whip that he's still got his hand he's going to whip up and uh try and whip onto the horn hanging underneath the um underneath mm-hmm. the the uh, cage and he's yep. going to try and like spin it so that it's pointing at the bear and and other guy awesome i know what i'm gonna i'm gonna say i want you to give me a deception roll uh, that is a what is my deception? That's an, a thirteen. Thirteen. All right, that's pretty good. So um, the the top hat flies at um, the leader who snatches it just at the last minute and is holding it by his face. And as he's holding it, the bear kind of is looking over its shoulder and sees that the top hat that he was missing is currently being being held by this guy. It's like burgers. He's had your hat the entire time. He's uh, going to keep it. What are you doing with my hat? You know that hat's very special. You're not allowed to touch it. You'll get your little shadow marks all over it. It's like, oh, no, I didn't. I didn't. And he drops the hat and it falls down. And while they are um, gazing at each other. Okay, give us a... Um, Oh, an acrobatics roll to see how you can head up that thing. And um, we've got Leap and we've got Bros. If we're kind of, we're playing pretty fast and loose with how the initiative round structure is working here. So let's just check in with all three of you and see how things go. Because it's, it's meant to be Dadabro and then Leap and then Bros. If anyway. Um, yeah. I, I just assume that Dadabro, because he's got, because uh, I got the double attack thing. Yep. So I'm just going to, um, but that's a, a dirty 20 to grab hold nice. of the thing. Dadabro is just acting on, not even instinct really, just like yep. flailing limbs. <laughs> Cool. So um yeah, you you hook up your whip around the um around the horn. It's fixed on there pretty tight. You could try and climb up there or you could try and pull it down. While you think about that, let's check in with Leap next and then Brosif. Right. So um uh despite what I said earlier, I think what Leap's gonna do is he's gonna he's gonna jump um up to uh one of the other cages, um mm-hmm. probably aiming for the cage with, with Natalie in it. Yep. Um, and uh, sort of something tells him that, he, that if he tries to jump, he might be able to make it. So um, he he gives his best leap, uh, so to speak, um, nice. which allows him to uh, yeah, jump up high, I guess, Excellent. which is the first level spell slot. Brilliant. All right. 
um so something something courses through you and you see that little floating fairy that flies in front of you once again and that fairy just leads you as you leap and fly through the air and hold on suddenly you're up in the sky and you're holding on to this cage it's quite high up you look down the others are looking pretty small down there inside the bars of this cage you can see natalie natalie is um slumped against the side of the cage her face is kind of frozen almost timeless like she's been mesmerized out of time itself and she is sitting there just just apart from everything but she's locked inside this cage you can see that the cage has a has a locking mechanism on it and as you are looking at this locking mechanism the little fairy um kind of flies down to the pocket where you put that little little tube that little metal tube and you feel it pop into your hand i'll stick I, with um, you for the moment yeah great i am um, well well look at that i guess dumb jim can jump so um take the tube and i, and I look at it real quick but and shrug again and so here goes nothing and chuck it chuck it into the locking mechanism all right um yeah you as you connect it with the locking mechanism there is a noise and then the noise uh, resonates and grows and the lock begins to dismantle itself and then pops open the door flies open the little metal tube slips back into your hand and um you have easy access now to natalie you've opened the gate you've freed her um we'll leave you up there dangling over the space with uh natalie and before we oh yeah um so i I, did I need to roll a dice for after the spell that I cast? Oh yes, yes, you do indeed. Uh, and uh, that is a seven. All right, so that's not going to be a wild magic trigger for you this time. All right, Brosif. Uh, yes, I, I hear the sound of the cage opening, mm-hmm. and look up and see, like, I'm like, whoa, Jim, how did you get up there? And then wait. No, keep her in there. Um, but I'm also <laughs> standing right in front of this bear, and yep. you know I'm sort of engaged in melee combat with it. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to go feral, and I want to jump on the bear's back and attack it from its back. Nice. Excellent. What I will do is interpret this. Just just give us an attack roll. Um, if you your attack roll goes well, then will set you up in that advantageous position for uh what happens next oh balls that's only a 10 only a 10 all right so that's not actually going to pull it off he's he's a bit of a tricksy customer this this beer um he's quite mobile he kind of rolls around and he's um hopping from foot to foot and he's got this long reach and you swing around and clamber try and clamber up and suddenly you're flying off and the bear is very much concerned with what's going on with his with his top hat um he snatches up his top hat he glances over at you to make sure that you're not about to stab him this moment and then he takes a moment to inspect the top hat very very closely look you got your shadow markings all over it all over it and you know that makes me really mad and uh (laughs) the leader kind of takes a step back from him and then another step back from him and says look you just got to remember that the agreement was that 
we just do this job for the hourglass coven and then we're gonna be all wealthy and fairy gold for the rest of our mortal fairy lives takes another step back i know that we don't actually need to like each other but we just need to make this work it's the perfect plan mm. um so they're much more concerned about each other right now leaving Ooh, let's see, there's still that little guy with the whip who's kind of looking from side to side and wondering if he should be whipping someone and he looks at you, Brosif, with your sword and he looks at everything and then he just kind of shrugs his shoulders and waits for an instruction and kind of his head's nodding and his jaws open and he... <laughs> Adabra um, waves at him with the, the remains of his compatriots. <laughs> you <know, this> <laughs> I do wish no, you just I... had the head on your hand. Oh dear. Um cool. So so while uh those two are um kind of figuring out their difficulties, what's happening with the three of you? Let's let's just um basically work this into a more group initiative situation because all three of you are operating one after the other. So um let's ask all three of you to figure out what happens, determine your own order, who goes first, who acts next? All right, can I just say, so then Dutterbro goes, and now, free bird. And he pulls it down as hard as he can to yank the, the cage off the hook. Uh, Excellent. I've been um, on the free bird for a while. <laughs> all right, give us a, uh, I make it a athletics roll. I'm going to give you advantage for invoking the uh, spirit of free bird. Uh, that's a dirty 20. Dirty twenty, fantastic! All right, um, the cage comes off its uh, off its cover. Not only that, because you had a twenty, it pulls down part of the canvas. So the cage goes swinging down. You um, kind of haul it down. The horn is coming to. The bird is kind of flapping inside as the canvas starts to move. Light from this weird fairy sun um drifts down you can almost see it spreading through the gaps and as it spreads through the gaps part of it lands on the shoulders of the little whip guy who um yelps and looks up and then quickly hops to get under the under the shady area once again in the dim light area um and adjusts his kind of blanket to cover his skin more effectively um cool and you uh now have this this um bird in a cage within arm's reach of you and uh, he's, he's just going to open it. He's just going to, that's the whole, yeah. Excellent. It's still, it's locked up, I'm afraid. It's locked yeah. up, but you can see this bird inside. The bird has stopped singing and is uh, um, kind of looking at you. It looks like, well, it's a bird. It looks like a chicken. They're all, they all look the same. You understand birds. Um, but let's let's uh, see about Brosif and uh, um, Dum Jim and Leap. Who wants to act next? We'll go with Leap, what you're doing with um, the, the Natalie Cage. Well, now that the uh, cage is open, sort of raises his hands in front of her face, but presumably nothing happens. So, um, seeing the action down down below, he uh, jumps to uh, the next cage with another. There's another person in another cage. Is that right? No, there's no, no more people in the other cages. It's just Natalie. Just Natalie. Okay, cool. Yeah, the other three um, are open and waiting for their for their people. Uh, we could be those people. So, um, so, uh, leap or dumb slash dumb Jim, um, uh, either falls down, sort of just drops down, um, onto, uh, aiming for the shadow man. 
mm-hmm. um, with his um, uh, shovel sort of ready to ready to strike as he lands. Awesome. All right, give us a um, give us an attack roll there. Oh shit, that's a one. Ooh. All right. And I did, yeah. That was cool. a feather fall. <laughs> now, you are a wild magic sorcerer. In normal situations, as a wild magic sorcerer, when you cast a spell, you roll a dice, it comes up a one. It's a wild magic effect. Um, because you have just experienced this, like the whole reason that you've started seeing this fairy thing and all this weird stuff is happening with Jim is because your sorcery powers are coming into being because of this connection with the Feywild, which has been opened up here. Suddenly you're in the Feywild, so we're going to trigger a wild magic effect right now, just as you are um, making an attack roll. So can you give me a D100 roll, please? Holding out for that fireball on self. Fireball on self. Here we go. D100, okay. 47. What was that, 47? 47, big 4-7. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh a unicorn um <laughs> all right so you land with your with your spade you land um hard alongside this uh shadowy guy the spade the um blade of it digs into the dirt and you kind of land awkwardly and uh look up and as you look up you are face to face with the equine um face of a beautiful pale unicorn gazing at you it's <laughs> streaming um with energy and it just the radiates rainbow, rainbow uh, goodness and dignity and power and looks around to the left and the right and says now what exactly is happening here <laughs> Uh, and, uh, and leap, leap slash Dumb Jim just looks, uh, points to the shadow and says, "He's he's trying to kill all of the uh, all of the fantasy creatures. He wants them all dead. Uh, this guy here, he's he's trying to take over the Feywild and the fantasy creatures. See, I guy hates you, unicorns. He hates unicorns. He wants to drink unicorn blood. That's what he's saying." Broseph. Uh yeah, I'm just I'm singularly focused on attacking this bear. Nice. Uh, it's it's distracted by its hat right now, so I feel like I'd have a good opportunity to just slash it down. Yep. Awesome. I'm a simple man, man yep. with sword. Cool. Do it. He's been like the bear has basically been disrespecting you up to this point, and as much as that has maybe been infuriating, um, it is also going to give you an opportunity because you see how this bear is suddenly regarding this unicorn with awe and maybe some fear so you get advantage on your attack roll ah oh, wicked okay that's a 22 wow that Wee. sounds good that sounds good all right a mint nine damage nine that's damage nice. that's um that's a pretty hefty strike against the bear um do you want to give me give us an image um of how does it how does it come about what does it look like uh well the bear's a lot bigger than me i'm, I'm mm-hmm. not the biggest dude um but i've got my my polo shirt armor uh with the popped collar and everything and i i, I go in trying to make it cinematic um, movie styles and I, I do a big slash under the bear's armpit and slash it right around from armpit to armpit around its back, sort of opening a gash 
around its mm. middle on the back. Ah, right. Um, so the beer, I'm like, oh, that hurts, and spins around. So it's now, um, it's, more than half its hit points are gone. It's, uh, it's a big, tough character, but it is now pretty badly messed up. Um, it winces away from you and looks over at the unicorn, and his eyes are going big, and it looks back at um, the other dark character. Um, it puts the top hat on its head. Um, well... You know what they say, maybe there's always a good time to say goodbye. And it starts backing away, um, kind of wiggling from side to side, backing towards the mystic arch. Um, the, <laughs> the leader of the um, dark guys is now totally focused on the unicorn. It's like, uh, General, oh, I uh, never thought that I'd see you in this, this part of the uh, murky woods. Ha <laughs> ha. Hmm, uh, would you like some, um, tea, maybe, uh? Um, so, th yeah, there's a lot of, a lot of that sort of thing going on. The unicorn is, um, giving a very stern look in the direction of this, um, this Darkling leader. I think I'm going to hand back to the three of you because they're so focused on them, they're not even trying to make further attacks. The bear is definitely trying to get away without being touched by anyone. So that's probably the, the big change that is about to happen unless someone intervenes. Um, so we'll go back, I guess. Uh, <laughs> what was that, Brosif? Shall we stick with you? Well, can I just say, can I attack of opportunity the bear if it's trying to move away from me? Yeah, you can. You can. I mean, I mean technically no, because it's oh, like it's doing a withdrawal. Um, but oh, okay. yep. no, it's, no. it can be your action and you can attack it. How about that? I'll, I'll wait to take my turn after the other two have gone. All right, sounds good. Yeah, Dadabro um, slides up to the bear and he goes, uh, well, did you hear? No bear allowed. And he just punches him in the face again uh, for an 18. Uh, oh, in, my, in my head, you're doing that and you're also holding the bird in yeah, a cage under your other arm. arm. <laughs> like, bird meat bear. All right, so you, you punch him in the face. Brilliant. Um, yeah. Yep. Do some damage, I think. Oh, wow. Jeez, I'm doing really well on the damage rolls. Uh, that's another seven. Ooh. <laughs> oh, he doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. Oh, right in his beery schnoz. Oh. And then I'm going to punch him again. All right. Uh, and that. Huh. Yeah, that's a 20. Uh, net, uh, sorry, dirty 20. Dirty 20. Yep. <laughs> All right. Do All some right. damage. That's uh, four damage that time. I only roll right. min, min damage. Cool. Um, I think I think we have to go to you now, Brosif, because you are r like right there on the other side of this beer as it's getting punched in the face um, twice by Dutterbro, setting you up beautifully. It's kind of the beer is reeling backwards towards you and it kind of half spins around, holding on to its top hat and looks at the misty archway that it thinks might give him an escape route, but you're right there in the way. But... I, I want to try and do like a... a uh quite a slow surgical like um insertion of my sword into like its throat from like <laughs> it's going to come towards me well it has to go through my sword first brilliant <laughs> if you want to get to him you're gonna to have to go through this sword <laughs> if you want him come and claim him <laughs> uh it's a 14 14 yeah that's all you need 14 is his armor class Wick, ah, uh, min minimum damage is a four. A four. 
four as his hit points total. <laughs> oh, yeah, so I just... Like yes, a brutal ins- slice. <laughs> insert into his throat. Yep. And as he gurgles and blood splurts out of, of, of the front of his just whole chest area, um, I just want to add an insult to injury by reaching up as his yep. body falls, and I want to take the hat off his head and put it on mine. <laughs> Brilliant. This is like a accessory. <laughs> the beer um, lies f- flat in front of you on the um, <laughs> on the uh, muddy ground. Um, Dudabro, you and Brosif have just taken out this beer. You're like looking at each other. It's a great moment for your team to be acknowledged. And uh, Dudabro looks at his hand and goes, my God, were we the monsters all along? <laughs> no, the bear was. Oh, of course. Sorry. I, you know, honestly, it's, it's the brains on my hand. <laughs> all right. Let's cut across the clearing to um, Leap. You are in the vicinity of this unicorn and um, the rather perturbed leader of these um, weird little dark creatures. What action are you going to take? I'm going to look, uh, turn to the unicorn and um, whisper in his ear. You wouldn't believe the shit this guy was saying about you and what he planned to do to you when he got the fairy treasure. I would take care of him. Just turn around and walk away. It's got to be deception or persuasion or something. Yeah. I think it's a a deception role. Uh, Yeah, that's a seven. A seven. I'm (laughs) going to give you. Oh, I get to advantage roll advantage on this. Um, on, because on this the... is, although this isn't Dumb Jim's mode, this is something that Leap is pretty good at. Also, I do have um, a Tides of Chaos, which means I can gain advantage on one attack roll as a sorcerer. Yeah. So, yeah. I nice. feel like there's a good narrative reason. Uh, oh, that's better. That's 19. 19. All right. Um, <clears throat> the unicorn uh, lowers its horn and takes a um, a pace towards... Um, the <clears throat> Darkling this is Cedric we have spoken about this before you and your vagabonds need to keep your noses clean or there will be consequences Cedric's like yes yeah I know but what he was saying about uh, none of that was true I don't care about the details Cedric I know that you are up to something and then there is this flash of movement and Natalie lands alongside the um, unicorn general and puts a hand on his flank and says uh, hey general yep these guys up to no good yes I understand whoa 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 hang on he's not <laughs> talking about us uh, <laughs> wait are you talking about us no uh, no I I guess you three must have rescued me. Yeah. You three we're, must have rescued really, me. We were are you really sure brave. none of the others, none of my friends are around here behind yeah, I hate tree? it as much as you do. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I'm just surprised to be here as much as you are. Yeah, Brosif did all the work. He was awesome. Yeah, he, he, he rushed in, saw you in the cage and went angry. It was like, despite all his rage, you were still just a Matt in a cage. And that's the end. <laughs> the unicorn touches the, the cage, the bird flies out. Um, 
Inquin says, Be gone, Cedric. Do not darken this place again. And stop working for the Hourglass Coven. They are evil. And Cedric's like, of course, of course. And he runs off into the forest as well. Um, and Inquin says, well, I don't know what summoned me here, but it's about to send me back. So I'll leave this to you to sort out, Natalie. And poof, the one minute of its appearance from your wild magic effect has uh, just run out. So, um... <laughs> Did we win? <laughs> that was a very fortuitous roll. Um, so we're just leaving the three of you and uh, Natalie in this weird Feywild thing as the as the misty gate starts to flicker and uh, um, vibrate because the magic that was holding it. As Natalie says, oh, the magic that was holding it here, it's, it's starting to fade. We'd better get back through to our world. Hey, what if we go through and you, like, stay here? Forever. I take this cage? Yeah, that's yours now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I can think of a few chickens that might need to go on this. <laughs> Is that so like a sex has, thing? Has this beautiful, elaborate um, horn on the bottom that, that uh, the acoustic properties of that horn are going to be amazing to explore. Um, so Natalie hustles you through the um, the gate and you come out the other side. You go out of the... Um, of the tunnel and the great green devil faces fading away as well all of the weird traps that you were passing through in the tunnel they're all fading away it was all this weird illusion that you were walking through even that side tunnel um that you ventured down before leap that uh, it's like there wasn't ever anything there at all you don't know how you could have walked down it it all seems very weird but you emerge out into the open air and uh everyone's Kind of feeling good to be back. You're still a bit uh, injured, um, Dudderbro, because you did take a take a dagger in the chest before. Um, well, that feels so good. Me. There's been a few um, yeah. whip <laughs> contacts. I'm. I think it's kind of time to wrap things up in a few ways. I think that one of the things that's going to happen is Natalie um, goes to Brosif and says, "Brother, it looks like I've been misjudging you for a long time." Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm really sorry, bro. <laughs> you have you have to like make it up to me. So like next time you go adventuring with like the cool people, you gotta like tell them that I'm cool too. I'll tell all of them that you are the coolest. Uh, yes, oh. please. Tell them the story of Brosif and his amazing blade, the Edge. I thought you were going to make a Technicolor Dreamcoat joke there. <laughs> I'm a radio DJ, not a theatre guy. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Leap, as this is happening, you are feeling the all of the weirdness inside Jim coming into harmony. The um, floating fairy appears in front of Jim's face and then just kind of flies into him and becomes part of him. And you feel that shard of your memory that is trapped in there loosed and it begins to extract itself and it comes out this beautiful weird crystal shape that flies into the ether and you know you're going to be sucked out of this body to follow it any second now you only have moments left in this body before you are forced to leap onwards what are you going to be doing what's your final words here uh, i turn to to, to um uh natalie and say uh Natalie, um, I've always loved you. Will you, will you marry me? <laughs> oh, you should do it. 
Natalie's like, okay, fine. <laughs> what? Hold on. I've asked you to. <laughs> Not even a persuasion roll. Suddenly you fly out of Jim's body and you fly away <laughs> into the ether um, through the portal towards an uncertain future. Um, so we'll just let Leap go. We'll stay with uh, Brosif and Dadabro a moment longer to give you the final words of, uh, of this adventure. Hey, where's well... the chicken? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> And then, and then they both like look around, knowing that death waits for them somewhere <laughs> in the trees. The chicken has arrived. <laughs> All right, and that brings to an end uh, this amazing dungeon leap. Uh, thank you, <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, Yes, it was all, I, I'm delighted to tell you it's all exactly as I had planned it from the beginning. You just <laughs> went through every single step of the story, just as I predicted. Um. <laughs> the next episode is going to be Brosif and Dadabro fighting the giant chicken, right? <laughs> is that actually a Tomb of Horrors? The giant chicken, yeah, it's a pretty non part of the Tomb of Horrors. <laughs> we'll we'll handle all of those details in a in a mini episode. For now, I am just going to say <laughs> a hearty thank you, of course, to Stephen Youngblood as Leap. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you. And to the amazing duo that we had guesting with us for this adventure, uh, Tom Adams. Thank you very much for being Dadabro. Thank you, Morg. Thank you for letting me be Dadabro. Oh, it was a great joy. And of course, Brosif Brad Zimmerman. Thank you, my friend. I'm the least impressive half of the amazing duo, but I'll take it. Brilliant. And that's us. Goodbye. Bye. Arrivederci. This was Dungeon Leap, The Leap of Horrors, part three of three, with Tom Adams, Brad Zimmerman, and Stephen Youngblood as Leap, featuring Jules Bergeser as the mysterious voice. Thanks to Alexi Action for music and Nomi Kubomi for sounds. If you've just discovered us with Dungeon Leap, check out the Diceratops Presents archive. There's lots of cool things to explore. If you're listening along, please drop a review or a rating on the places that get reviews and ratings. We love you. Diceratops is proud to be part of Kiemu Fakuto or Aotearoa Kiwi RPG. Say g'day on the socials. We're Diceratops NZ. We sometimes do emails. Sign up at our website, diceratops.nz. I am Morgan Davey. We are Diceratops. We love games, and our shows are for everyone. Leap, says the voice. It's echoing in your thoughts, and you leap through the portal into another world. And what you see is a kobold it's a kobold and a ravine and as you rocket towards this body you have this moment of recognition you know this kobold this is crumble you met crumble you met crumble right here in that and before you can even finish that thought bam you are inside him you're inside crumble's body you are a kobold a scrawny dragon sort of character with the velvet cap with the amulet you you know this guy you you gave him a gift you gave him that tusk that's crumble and that means sure enough there's bone underneath layers of old bones scattered like scree underfoot in the base of this ravine your back in the caves of chaos the unpleasant cries of birds squabbling for perches in the daylight the crunch 
of bone as you scrabble for position. And in front of you, in front of Crumble, there's two other kobolds. There's two other kobolds. They're both staring at you expectingly. Like they've asked you a question and you haven't answered the question yet. This is you now. And this is the part that you have to play. And just as you're trying to work out what that question might be, suddenly you feel a hand slam onto your shoulder. And you feel your little cobalt body, it's so small, this enormous human figure wrenches you in close and you feel a finger jamming against your throat. And you hear the voice of one of the cultists saying to you, one wrong move and I inflict some necrotic damage on your friend that he certainly will not survive. Everyone got that? You all got that? It's all going bad, it's all going wrong, and I'm not going to take any chances. What about you, Squee? What do you have to say for yourself? Bugger. 